Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. The Lord, it's really anointing the web, the internet. I mean, it can be used for plus, plus, or minus, minus. And thank God that we need to take advantage of the ability that we can communicate. There are some, for different reasons, unable to come physically. We welcome you. And there are others who are really by faith. I mean, they're in different states or different countries, but feel like they're members of this body. And I feel like God is, uh, we welcome you with open arms and communicate, please communicate with us. So, amen. Um, We wanted to, the next few moments, um, share with you, because part, part two of our message on uh, the communion of saints as part of the whole creed that we have at the Apostles' Creed. And you may remember them. Part of it is at the end. It says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So last week, and we want to continue this week, we talked about the communion of saints. What does that mean to us? What is, and we need to live that principle, not just confess the creed. Realize also when we do it, I believe that you are taking authority and declaring Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Not only in general sense, but Jesus is your Lord, and therefore your house belongs to you and to the kingdom of God. That, that is kingdom territory. No power of the enemy will dwell there and then declare the name of Jesus over your neighborhood, over your city, and say, devil, you cannot put drug addiction and drug trafficking over our city. We bind every power of violence and murder and hate and racism. There's going to be revival in our city. There's going to be revival in the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit is over my home, over every room of my home. You will in no way torment my children or grandchildren when they sleep here. They're going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. So part of that then, of the communion of saints, I want to refer to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, talks about as the effect, as the, the 180 and then the thousands joined them as the power of God released the power of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus ascended on high, he poured out the Holy Spirit and we read that in Acts chapter 2 at the beginning of this chapter. But as a result of this then, in the communion of saints, it says, and they continued, the believers continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Not the governors, again, I don't want to repeat myself, but uh, <laughs> might be appropriate this week to do it. Uh, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Say, apostles' doctrine, apostles doctrine. Fellowship. fellowship, in the breaking of bread, breaking of bread. And, in prayers. and in prayers. So this is part of 
the description of what they did and what we should be doing. The breaking of bread, we did that just a few moments ago. And uh, it's not just taking a meal, which it could entail fellowship. And it is breaking in that sense. But the primary breaking of bread is the taking communion together. And, uh, and then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. It goes on, verse 46, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. And so this is part of being, uh, as they continued steadfastly, there was a closeness. There was a fellowship among the early Christians. And that's a principle God is blessing us with even now. They were able to live in close by if they could. They ate their meals when they could. And we're going to have some meal taking at certain weeks, right, Michael, you shared? When will that be? October 31st, Sunday, October 31st, right after service. Yeah. And so, and, and feel welcome to invite some people, and we'll have plenty of food. Because we are people of faith, and we'll just lay hands, and it'll multiply also. <laughs> you know, many years ago, I had an experience. We invited, we came in and did evangelism in the city, and invited all the homeless and the poor to come and have a feast. And they came to me and said, we have plenty of food, but we have run out of uh, paper plates and utensils and table covers. And, uh, and they kept on spreading. And I said, just, we'll just keep on doing it. And the Lord's Spirit came and multiplied the tablecloths and utensils and paper plates. They wouldn't quit. They just kept on giving. And we don't know how it did. Don't try to understand how God does miracles. But He, he will supply. That's, it's good to know. So uh, they, they shared. There was togetherness. And the word, and the saints, uh, the apostles would write. And this is a letter to the, uh, the saints in Philippi. This is a letter to the saints in Rome or in Corinth. Well, these, by saints, did not mean, you know, how with some of the tradition of the, the Catholic, in the Catholic denomination of certain people who, were really extraordinary uh, in their lives and had many miracles and they could, some of them had to think they floated. Uh, we have had some mir many miracles, but take note and take pictures if I start floating. Um, but anyway, the communion of saints, it, it, the, this is us believers and we have turned our back on the kingdom of darkness and come to the kingdom of light. And we are members of the kingdom of light. So, 
and this is the church of Jesus Christ. And the church of the Lord transcends time. The gospel of the Lord Jesus, as we talk about the communion of saints, is for everyone in every tribe, every tongue, every person who will exercise faith in Jesus. Uh, there are universal dimensions to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's, it says it's for the Greek and for the Jew. And uh, by the Greeks, they meant the Gentiles and the Jews. The, the gospel's power is able to save people from every tribe, every race, every color. And male and female and slave and free. It's amazing how much clarity the simple Bible is bringing to us and especially to our language and to our thinking as there is a flood of confusion and the, the um, just insurrection against all godly values. And I'm sure it's happening to you, but every day we come across these verses that we've known our entire lives, but all of a sudden they're like ringing with a loud lion's roar because even the simple things like that one, it's for Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. Boom. And so you say, oh, well, apparently and God Bible only does not recognizes. Have much confusion. Correct. Male and female. Recognizes there are two genders. And that's it. There are not 27. That's surprising. It's beautiful. Praise the Lord. Only the church, only Christians have this. Go ahead, Pastor. Finish your work. Anyway, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel yeah. of Jesus. And uh, Romans chapter, uh, chapter 1 tells us, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God say power of God, power of God. to salvation for everyone who believes everyone say everyone. everyone for the Jew first and also for the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith so uh, it does not matter what kind of income you have does not matter what skin color, does not matter what kind of family background, what kind of financial background you had. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every person who believes in the Lord. Uh, and we found that, and we took our family, and you were with me, when we were invited, and one of the Things, one of the books, books that we need to uh, is the hundred year revival and the hundred year bloom because and the part of the basis of that at that time when we wrote it was Death Valley because of the rains the previous year but that anniversary of the hundred year of Azusa revival uh, there was the largest varieties and the largest blooms, uh, uh, varieties of blooms in Death Valley that had never been seen in a hundred years. 
That's because the seeds, if you can imagine, lay underneath that apparently barren, dry, empty ground. That belly. For decades. And then, as Pastor mentioned, it, and you may remember, the year of the celebration of a century, a hundred years after Azusa, in that year, rain and more rain and unexpected rain. And it so saturated that barren ground that seeds with life still in them that had been buried and had not sprouted that life for all of those decades. I think it was like 70 years or something crazy. People who had lived there their entire lives had never seen these flowers. And suddenly that year, they were, it, it was just a blanket of flowers, some beautiful pictures. We had um, some friends who were actually traveling through that area that at the valley. time who took pictures and sent them to us. And you could also see them from the satellites. Exactly. And so we got to travel there to Los Angeles, and there were people from, like an, a part of the, the Bible being fulfilled, from celebrating this anniversary from LA. They had flown in from almost every nation on earth. And so, and uh, we were, they chose two people to represent the healing part of the revival, of Azusa revival. And uh, so Father Francis McNutt and myself were asked to represent the healing branch of the revival glory. And so we had to do some healing uh, sessions and then prayed for healing for a lot of people. But part of the fun of that whole gathering, I mean, and we, we were in Los Angeles Stadium for the meetings, some of the meetings, and uh, we saw this thing being fulfilled. And it was amazing to see pastors from every nation on earth and, and their whole teams that would come. And uh, it was exciting. There was so full of faith and joy and just something special. And then they asked me to take the part that Oral Roberts did 50 years ago. And again, when I, they gave me some time to speak to the whole stadium. And when I came down from it, it was just, it does something in your heart. When bunches of pastors came to greet us, but again, they were from every tribe, language, people. And I said, we are a wonderful, wonderful, multifaceted family. Uh, it, it, it's great to know. So may you be encouraged and know there are people who are part of our spiritual family from every part of earth. So that's, uh, and we have communion with Christ so that we, we may have not seen each other, but we are family in the Lord. Uh, and 1 John, it says in 1 John 1, I have to go there, in 1 John, 
and it says that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life the life was manifested we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ these things we write to you that your joy may be full so may this make you joyful that we are a mighty family and we are from every tribe language people and that part of our family is god the father and god the son so we have been enfolded into this living communion, this ongoing conversation, if you will, a sharing of our whole lives together, past, present, future, into eternity as the saints of God. And it includes, as the writer to Hebrews and John's revelation of Jesus Christ and the transfiguration of Jesus before the disciples on the mountain, show us clearly, as well as many places in the Old Testament, like the day that the Syrian army surrounded the city looking for Elisha, and he brought his servant out and showed him the hosts that were filling the skies, that this communion transcends time and space and chronology and uh, that communion of saints means that there is a living community that we have been joined to in the same way that each of our individual bodies have specific members if you will hands fingers eyes nose mouth ear heart internal things that we don't see on the outside but are absolutely the essential driving life force and all of these systems working together made up of millions and billions of cells that are continually being renewed that's the principal example illustration that the bible gives us again and again about the reality of what it means when we become christians we become joined into this living communion of saints that is the body of Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. It's very helpful, and it's a strengthening thing to remember this, to call it to our mind, recognize and re be re-encouraged. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, um, the, the apostle talks again and again about all of these dynamics in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 and 5 and, and 12, speaking of the Holy Spirit. But once again, as the creed says, this comes from the inner working of the Holy Spirit, which is an absolute miracle. You remember last week we showed the picture of the Rublev icon, a beautiful historic icon painted somewhere in the 13th, 14th century um, by Andre Rublev, a, a Catholic um, artist, and he wanted to depict the Trinity and the mystery of three persons being one, as scripture says. And it's a, a beautiful rendition because you can see that he has given them all the same face. It looks like the same person. And, and suggesting that the 
face of Jesus, as the Bible says, when he was incarnate, the face of Jesus, Jesus said it himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you look at me, you're looking at the Father. And of course, we know that God is spirit. So Rublev, in his uh, depiction of the mystery of this God that we serve, the Father, and it would be, let's see, from your left going to your right, be the father, and you, you see the difference in their uh, one robe that is hanging over these three persons. While their, count, their faces are all the same, their eyes are also deferring to one another, if you see that. There's a communion. You're understanding that their mind, their heart, their will, their way is one, and they are in perfect harmony with each one having a particular aspect of fulfilling this great plan. And the idea is that there they are planning redemption for the human race. The table represents touching the earth and their fingers, you'll see, have, have fingers down on the table. It's like the council of the Godhead in eternity. And the chalice, the cup in the middle, a representation of the ultimate sacrifice that would be made by the Son who would leave that heavenly council and come to earth Incarnate. So we see the Father has got kind of a translucent robe. He is spirit. And then the Son has a very distinct red and blue representing the divine and, and, in, uh, uh, and mortal human nature in one person as he was manifest. And then the Holy Spirit on your right has a green robe. It's a, the picture of the creative, regenerative work of the sending and coming and presence and ongoing nurturing of the person of the Holy Spirit in all of the Council of the Godhead working together. In Philippians 2, verse 15, it gives us the prescription for a perverse and crooked generation. And if ever we are seeing it manifest every day before us in America, um, that's the description, a perverse and crooked generation. But do you know what the remedy is? According to Philippians, according to scripture, it's the communion of saints. It's the fellowship of believers. It's the revelation that we being many are one body. But this is not just any organization. This is not just any uh, gathering of persons around an idea. These are living individuals who have been joined together supernaturally through the exchange at the cross and then the sending of the Holy Spirit, as you read from Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, what was the result? The result was this fellowship that they shared together, this unity of thinking that they had when they understood the apostles' doctrine. It's one of the reasons that we like to remind ourselves of the revelation packed into the apostles' creed. But it's, it's good, as today, to dig into it a bit. And also, in Philippians 2, where in, uh, it describes the mind of Christ. Say the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ. And it specifically says the spirit of God who searches all the deep things of God, 
So that's the full knowledge and revelation and working of the person of God, three in one. And then by the Spirit, he comes and he endows us. He pours into us. Scripture says we all drink, just like the picture in the wilderness when they were thirsting and began to cry out and complain, how shall we survive? And water literally came out of a rock, a picture of Jesus, the rock of our salvation, in his resurrection and ascension, pouring out the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not in it. He is the sovereign Lord. And this is the miracle of being a Christian, that he has come not only to be with us, but in us. And in that, the one who knows all of God has come to indwell us in order to give us the mind of Christ together, that we might have the same fellowship. It's called the fellowship of the Spirit. And the writer, the writer says, it's the same love, it's one accord, it's one mind. So may God pour afresh a spirit of grace and supplication for a unity in the body of Christ. And certainly for America and in the generation, the season that we're in, the only possible remedy, the only prescription is that the living church of Jesus is walking together in love and accord and in the revelation of what God is saying and who he is and sharing that with the world. Amen. I mean, it says here, I mean, I, I noted that we are not just ordinary. We are the supernatural society of God's redeemed people. And the fun thing, one of the things that at exceptional times I have experienced it personally, but we have communion with the saints on earth. Uh, it says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But we go on from there, and it says in verse 22, and it's so much, I mean, I, I get fun out of this. It's verse 22 in Hebrews 12 goes on, talking about the communion of saints. Yeah, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. And I want to, we stated about where Elisha was and his servant, and his servant has... Uh, somewhat of a challenging stomach experience because he sees the armies of Israel surrounding them. Of Syria. Of Syria. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, what did I say? Israel. Armies. Israel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Syrian army. And it scares them to death. And he's so frightened and he says, Master, Master, the army is surrounding us. And basically he prays, Elisha prays to God to open the eyes of his servant. And as 
the Lord opens his eyes, he sees the supernatural army of God surrounding them, guarding them, and it's multitude of thousands and thousands of angels. And so here again, it says, you have come to, an, to the living God. You've come to Mount Zion, you've come to the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. So part of the communion of saints is yeah. there are, you don't see them maybe all the time, but I, I remember many years ago, and I think I shared it, and only love can make a miracle, one of the books, but it's where 1970, if you ever see, if you look up, it's in Google, the, one of the most powerful tornadoes ever to visit the southwest was the Lubbock tornado, 1970, May 1970. And I was a graduate student, and I walked from my research, doing the research paper in the library, six blocks to where my little apartment shack was. And uh, I sat down, and uh, suddenly the lights went out. I had an itty-bitty uh, television set. Everything went off, and it became dark. And I was so tired, I'd walked through the rain, and I, I, I was just so, wow, this is so tiresome. And suddenly I heard a voice say, get up. And I, it was so weird. And the second time, and then a third time, get up. And I replied, said, I'm tired. An unseen hand came and lifted me up. Involved. I was tired. I mean, I and lifted me up until my feet were dangling and took my body and put it behind my couch. And the tornado, that love famous tornado hit. We were, I was right in the middle of that whole experience. And uh, it flattened many buildings and the giant Pioneer Bank building was not far and it twisted that building. So, but the angel of the Lord came and saved me. So, Angels are real. And, you, and then the other aspect is, and then it goes on, uh, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the, the blood of Abel. And it's like, this is what you have come to an innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, those whose names have been written. So what the communion of saints, I didn't want to fail to say to you, uh, I mean, for me it's exciting that it not, does not include just the saints on earth. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that death does not separate us from the people who have gone on. The communion continues, and that you're going to see these believers. I, I've felt like Johnny, yeah. uh, uh, our good friend, who would greet us with a kiss and went to heaven not too long ago. He's going to be there greeting us, and several others that we know. I believe Johnny will be rebuking me for taking so long to come and see him. Uh, <laughs> But the, it continued, the fellowship continued. I'll remind you that it wasn't too long ago in one of our conferences, one of the visiting 
persons had a, a vision during worship that there was someone looking over the balcony of heaven blowing kisses. And we knew that was Johnny Cook. And, you know, that piece you read, it began with running the race mm -hmm. with patient endurance. And I also have shared with you the story of the day that I was running on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And at the moment that a dear friend and intercessor, a spiritual father of ours, Jay Fesperman, passed away in Tennessee, he literally ran by me on the beach in Fort Lauderdale on his way to glory. And I was slogging out this difficult run that morning, burdened down with all kinds of things, and was quoting this scripture to myself. And suddenly, Jay Fesperman ran alongside of me and on into glory. And uh, it was so radical that I looked at my watch. I could have touched him. I could have reached out and touched him. And he just glanced at me with a big smile on his face and ran. And um, sure enough, when I got home, there was a, a, a message on our answering machine at that exact time that he had stepped over into glory. So it is true. Say communion of saints. Communion of saints. Communion of saints. We need to be excited. And in fact, the thing it does give you is joy. And it's interesting because he goes on in the next verse there to speak of the heavenly voice, meaning the voice of the Lord speaking from heaven, the Holy Spirit speaking within us, not to refuse that speaking. And you know, one of the connected scriptures to the outpouring of the Spirit is that really beautiful Psalm 29 that speaks of the voice of the Lord being powerful and majestic and full of glory and having a great power to break strongholds and make the wilderness bloom and all of those things. Well, in uh, the book of Acts, as Luke is reporting about what happened on the day of Pentecost, they use the term, the divided flames of fire. Remember that one came and did what? Set on each person. So this was a revelation that they actually saw an experience of where the pillar of fire and cloud, the person of the Holy Spirit and the great Shekinah manifest in the midst of Israel during their wilderness journey and then in the temple suddenly was dispersed and that Shekinah glory came to indwell every believer. And in their description, they say the divided flames of fire rested on each one and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, they used that phrase because the church fathers understood Psalm 29 to be the prophetic declaration about Pentecost. And specifically the middle verse, verse 7, that says the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire and then they rest on each one and if you remember what it says at the end and everyone say everyone everyone in his temple and we are the temple of God everyone as the glory has come by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit everyone can't do anything other than shout glory everyone says 
Oh, man, that Amen. is so awesome. Well, just a couple of other things as we're talking about the communion of saints. And again, I, I'm taken by a refreshing on some of the verbiage. Remember in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he prayed this lengthy, amazing prayer, and he prayed it not only for the ones that were there in front of him, but the ones who would believe on him because of their word. And you read the, the testimony of the apostle where again and again they said, we've seen and heard these things. We've handled them with our hands. We've seen and heard them. We've seen and heard them that you might believe that all of us who receive now this letter, these letters, if you will, might also believe in this, this same amazing thing. Um, but the, the, uh, some of the verbiage uh, as the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he is exhorting them about the communion of saints and specifically in relation to the presence of the Holy Spirit, to the diversity of gifts. And he, he makes these word contrasts. Diverse gifts, the same spirit. Say diverse. diverse. Same. same. Different ministries, same Lord. Say different. different. Same. same. Diverse activities, same God. Diverse. Same. same. So this is the communion of saints, this unique miracle that he has joined us in one living body, that he is building us as living stones individually into one living, eternal dwelling place. And um, then, of course, one house, one family, one temple in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, to be filled with that glory. Again, it's connected to the person of the Holy Spirit. And so our emphasis on recognizing and participating in, drinking from, being strengthened by, and bringing, being brought to joy by the communion of saints, the emphasis is our relationship individually with the Holy Spirit and how that inescapably brings us into one as a family because all of us individually are drinking at the same water fountain. That's the fountain of the Holy Spirit, the fountain of the Lord. So going back to the voice of the Lord in Psalm 29, it's a very special one for us, especially because of that time in the season that we were working extensively in the third world. Um, I had had Aaron, he was very sick. They had never found a heartbeat or a sign of life before he was born. They were surprised that there was a human being in my womb. And the night before I delivered Aaron, I had a beautiful dream flying with Father God as a great sparrow. And he was looking at this little sparrow in my womb. And suddenly in front of me was verse 9 from Psalm 29 about the voice of the Lord, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that says the voice of the Lord causes the deer to give birth. And in that moment, in the dream, waves of tangible light and creation and joy and power and love proceeded in the dream in a movement, not with audible words, but the movement of a person out of the Father and into me. And I knew at that moment 
how the working of the Holy Spirit occurs to literally create in us something new and bring us into the fullness of what God has ordained for us, not just individually, but together. And then the next morning, as I lay on the operating table and the anesthesiologist was coming to put me under, I saw through the back of my head another physician enter the surgery. And he came and put his belly against my head. And that same thing that I had experienced in the dream literally happened in my body as the Spirit of God moved from the great physician into me and moved through my body, I heard myself say, I can have this baby naturally. And the whole uh, surgery, the whole team of 12 or so individuals stopped in utter silence and paused looking at me. And that voice moved through me. And in a moment, we heard five little tiny mews like a newborn baby kitten. And that was our son, Aaron Chavda. And then, there, yeah, that, and you know the story. He, at a certain point, was under a pound. He didn't have lungs developed. His little ears hadn't even curled up. Uh, I could put my wedding ring on his leg. He had gangrene throughout his body. He had what was supposedly a cystic fibrosis-like disease, and all of these things had had just made it impossible. He had staph infection. He had. Uh, uh, blood in his spinal fluid and just everything that could be wrong. And the Lord had said that not by power nor by might, but by that same spirit who gives us the communion of saints, that that child would not only live, but he would thrive. And of course, Aaron today is in his late 30s, and he is strong and healthy and loving the Lord. So the communion of saints, friends, let us refresh ourselves in the reality that we are not alone. We are not disconnected, and we are not without power and healing and love and joy. It's a supernatural, not just natural, supernatural. Say supernatural. Supernatural. So, and we have, it's a family we are connected to so many wonderful people all across the world who are family of God. Also, wonder of wonders, you are joined to Jesus Christ and to God the Father. I mean, you can't beat that combination. And to a mighty, innumerable company of angels. And it goes on. Those loved ones that have gone on before. It's just a small veil that separates us. It's not far away. And we who are in Christ will see them also. So that does not cease. It goes on. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Say awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. Appreciate that. Thank the Lord for that. His temple, everyone says... In his temple, everyone says, glory. glory. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. And it really, this, this gives us, I hope, those listening to us, these words on the web, 
as well as here. I, if I had not had a chance to receive Christ, I would run. Run to the altar. Run. If I, or make a dis- tell right to the internet, whatever address, and say, I am receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. So even this morning, we want to cry out to Jesus. If you have never been born again, receive him enthusiastically and with glory. Everyone says glory. May you become part of the company of this supernatural, anointed army of and the bride of Christ. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Give us fresh grace. And as you told us, on Friday to give us even fresh reservoirs of praise and worship and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Father, for Jesus, for his blood, for salvation, for the Holy Spirit. I receive by faith. I have a company of angels accompanying me. I have a mighty family all across the earth, the communion of saints. In Jesus' name, I say glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big clap. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at one 800 730 6264. God bless you.